0: Are you feeling disconnected? Have you lost trust in your own inner guidance? Are you looking for a deeper meaning in life or the meaning of life? Visit wellnesscontinuing.com for spiritual tools and resources to facilitate your inner growth and help you to connect with your true nature. From a free podcast about consciousness and the afterlife to blog posts, from healing music to dream work and more, Wellness Continuing is the place to elevate your heart and mind visit wellnesscontinuing.com. Chris Noble is a composer, film producer, and photographer living in Vancouver, Canada. His artistic background is in composing musical scores for film, writing healing and meditation music, Filming short films, documentaries, and commercial photography. One of his major projects now is writing wellness music, such as healing and meditative music, which essentially is music composed with the intent of specific healing from things like stress, anxiety, fear, etc., as well as creating functional outcomes such as deep sleep, meditation, and concentration. Chris is also creating a project called Ancient Mysteries Unearthed which explores an alternative history of the world through archaeology. This will entail speaking with historical and archaeological experts, podcast interviews and a community for like-minded people who love this subject as much as Chris does. In this episode, Chris shares about his creative background and his spiritual experience that awakened him to create functional music for healing and meditation. Hey, Chris, how's it going?
1: Fantastic, Tonya. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, I'm so happy that you're here. I'm really excited to share with everybody um, all of the work that you do when we have, uh, we have a bit of a collaboration that we've uh, worked on together, which I'm excited to, to share more of the background about that from your perspective. So that's really exciting. So where are you in the world?
1: Uh, geographically, I am in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Uh, I moved out here, um, only about eight or nine months ago from Toronto, Ontario. So it's been a nice, uh, huge change of, uh, lifestyle and I couldn't be happier.
0: Nice. It's beautiful out there. you you started off as a musician. Was that your first like craft in, in life? Is that something that you did initially?
1: I'd say, yeah, technically, you know, I, I think music was my first, uh, yeah, my first big love and my first main craft. I started playing piano when I was around maybe five or six years old and uh, just kind of made up silly songs on the piano, just things that I wanted to hear at that time in my life. Uh, I didn't wasn't huge into reading music or playing other people's music too much, so I kind of started writing music before anything, um, whether it was just a couple of notes, simple things, but uh, it was a very amazing form of therapy for myself and just a fun expression. Just It was just pure fun for me, um, especially. Well, it's always been fun. And then uh, maybe around the age 10 or 11, I also started filming and creating little movies, little action movies, comedies, and any project I had in school, I would always ask, can I make a video for this? So um, I'm basically, I've always been a filmmaker and a musician for pretty much my whole life at this point.
0: That's amazing. I love that. So how does music and filmmaking and spirituality intersect for you?
1: That's a really good question. Um, I think for me, with, with music, first and foremost, there's something very abstract and universal about music, meaning it's basically a language of emotion, and it doesn't matter what language you actually speak or where in the world you're from, but when you hear a particular piece of music, let's say a very sad piece of music you're going to feel that sadness it doesn't matter where you're from it's a very universal language uh, so I always felt that there was something uh let's say higher dimensional about music and about when I would perform I really felt myself going out of my body I would every time I would come back from playing a song even or just playing on my own at home I would literally feel after I would play a song like a you know, boom, back in my body, kind of a sensation. So I would always feel this uh, almost a sense of um, what people would refer to as channeling. I would feel like I would be channeling through my instrument of the piano or any instrument for that matter with music. So that was, I've been doing that since I was a kid. So I've always been kind of interested in what what's actually happening to me when I'm, you know, losing all track of time and space and the music's flowing through me. And most of the time I'm like, where is it even coming from? I don't know. Is there another field of information and energy that I'm I'm tapping into? And we can get into that more later, but basically, yes, I am. (laughs) And that's sort of sparked my interest into the therapeutic and healing aspects of music too. You know, why do I feel so good when I play music? Why is it so cathartic? Um, why do I have such like literal physical weight lifted off of me when I perform, you know, what's happening there. And and later in life, when I was performing my music, sometimes places like uh, retirement homes, old, old age homes, I would see, you know, people with Alzheimer's and dementia have their memory completely restored in that moment when I was playing a song. And I felt like I had a, a magical power, like a superpower. And I, I just was so curious to know more about like, what what is happening uh, on a consciousness level, on a physical level, and that's really kind of what started me down these rabbit holes that have gone everywhere, as you well know.
0: I do, and um, I really appreciate it. Now, I, I was going to comment. I mean, music is that magic for the for the brain, right? And um, that part of the mind seems to stay intact, regardless of other parts are not working as well as in dementia or. Alzheimer's. And then I think the energetic quality of the performer and the musician, such as yourself, bringing your energy into it, all conjoins and uh, makes something very, very special.
1: Yeah, it, it it's an incredible situation. I remember once playing at a retirement home, and there was a gentleman who did have uh, a light form of dementia. And, and my grandfather had Parkinson's as well. So like that, there's a, I have a real soft spot for, for that um, type of situation for people. And I was playing an old Elvis song and um, it sparked something from this gentleman's, I think his prom, he told me after, and uh, he remembered every word and his daughter was there and he was able to actually stand up and started to dance with his daughter. And there was not a dry eye in that room after this song. And I wasn't playing a sad song. It was an, it was an Elvis rock and roll tune. So it's pretty high energy, good times. But he was dancing. He was connecting with his, his daughter in a way that I could tell afterwards had been really difficult for them to connect on because of his dementia. And so just to see music kind of this invisible yet, of course, we know it's there in a frequency spectrum where it's... it's it's shooting out, it's going into his ears and into, and, and his body's vibrating with the sound and it's, and it's accessing something in his mind that none of the medication he's on can do. None of the other you know, forms of therapy that he's on can, can get there yet this music, this song, it, it just snapped him into like his life. Like he, he came alive. Like he just came back to life and wow that's magic <laughs> you know sure and we know is. now that it, we know now that it's not just magic of course it's it's science we know the science behind that but it's it was a really special moment so that's really pushed me into more of my therapeutic music meditation music like like what we're collaborating on because i mean what a what an amazing tool that i think we're rediscovering right now which is music and sound as a form of very functional therapy and not just therapy, but like functionality, for example, my first foray, foray into uh, the whole therapeutic music realm was just to um, concentrate. I, I was looking for music that helped me concentrate better. So I, I've I discovered binaural beats and concentration music and, I, and it really, really helped me. So even music doesn't have to just be for, for healing. It can just be for very day-to-day, you know, normal things as well. So pretty cool stuff.
0: Tell me what binaural beats are in a little more detail.
1: Yeah, binaural beats, for anyone uh, that's curious, is basically uh, a way to, it's called brain entrainment. And what that really means is that you're shifting your state of consciousness um, from whatever it is at that particular time to the binaural beat. So basically, we have different brain wave. Uh, states of consciousness. We have delta, which is deep, deep, deep sleep. We have theta, which is just above that, um, alpha, and, and blank beta is what well, I believe. Anyway, it, and gamma Gamma waves are at the top of that spectrum. So in terms of like, they're the most uh, high energy active um, brainwave states. So when, when we're in a deep sleep, we experience a certain brainwave. When we're in a state of meditation, we experience another state of Uh, consciousness. And when we're in, let's say performing in a sports situation, high concentration, high uh, energy, we're also in a very different state of consciousness for that. So binaural beats help you get into that state of consciousness, like almost immediately. And the way in which they do that is actually just through frequency. So you it's always recommended with binaural beats to listen with headphones. The reason being is you're actually getting a very specific frequency going into one ear and a different frequency going into another your other ear. And what it does is it creates an interference pattern. So let's just say, for example, you have 10 Hertz going into one ear and you have 15 Hertz into your other ear. The difference, the interference pattern difference is, a, is five Hertz basically with 10 versus, and 15. So that reduces to five. So now you've got an interference pattern of five Hertz shooting in through your ears, literally going through your brain and then out the other ear. So if you can imagine, you know, these 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 frequency waves going through your brain, shifting your brain through frequency to get to these different states of consciousness. So if it's five hertz, you're going to be, I believe, in the theta wave spectrum, and that means that your state of consciousness will shift to that that theta wave. Um, this is really really helpful for meditation and for other things to, like I said, concentration music. For example, I would be listening to alpha wave um, binaural beats so that I could get my head into that state of really good flow and concentration. And I would find after listening just for 40 minutes to that, I'm like, I, I got all my work done. I, I got all my to-do lists. I don't even, I blinked and it was over, but I did everything. I was in such a state of, of flow. It was, it was amazing and in, in concentration. So binaural beats basically are, are shifting your actual state of consciousness in a very, very tangible way. So it's an extremely useful tool.
0: Yeah, uh, there's a lot of science behind that. And when I first learned about it, uh, I mean, it blew my mind, literally and figuratively. Sound healing is out there, especially with the crystal bowls and the Tibetan bowls. But I still feel like it's not as popular or widespread as it should be, because sound healing was a therapy, um, even for physical ailments, thousands and hundreds of tens of thousands years ago there was a medicinal aspect to it where people just use that, that and herbs to, to heal. So, um, yeah, I think it's very, very beneficial. And I really feel like um, people will, if they learn more about it and understand it, um, you know, they're just, it's another tool. It's another spiritual wellness tool.
1: It's a huge tool. And I mean, like, we got to start thinking like sound is everything. If you look in quantum mechanics, we know that everything is in a state of vibration every cell in our body every every electron every neutron every proton everything that makes up our physical matter our body is in a state of vibration we know this through science therefore when you mix other vibrations other frequencies with the cells of your body you can physiologically do anything and literally anything we can if people want to even look into the more science fiction side of this YouTube um, levitating things with acoustic sound. You can just YouTube this, and there's plenty of experiments where people can levitate um, small objects at this point, but we both know that's easy to just extrapolate into anything. We can vibrate and move things purely with sound. You find what's called the resonant frequency of anything, and you can manipulate that when you find the resonant frequency. And to give people an example of like what is a resonant frequency, basically that classic example of the opera singer with the crystal glass, right? The opera singer hits that note and they find the note and they hit that right note, and all of a sudden, you know, the glass shatters and it breaks. Another example of resonant frequency is when you're in your car and you're listening to some sweet dance music or something, you got that thumping bass in your back windows, you know, vibrating. That's because that bass frequency is hitting the resonant frequency of that glass. So, you know, once again, you just look at that, we we know that everything is vibration. So when you find that particular resonant frequency, you can manipulate it in any way. So when I say... When I talk about music uh, therapy and all these other things, sound therapy, I always use the word we are rediscovering because we already knew this in the past. And another passion of mine that I know we both connect on Tanya's, uh, you know, ancient history and viewing it from a bit of a different lens than the current academic paradigm views it as. And I'm a big believer in that we had very advanced healing and and not just healing technology. We just had very advanced technology that looked different then to our technology today doesn't mean it's any better or worse. And one of the main, main things that seemed to be quite prevalent in the distant past was sound being used for potentially things like moving these megalithic blocks into place, like levitating them, but also healing. We have lots and lots of evidence, you know, even in like places like ancient Egypt, where you see these um, healing uh, temples, and you would see where the patients would actually lie on a granite piece of block and the uh, doctors would be in a different room with other panels of granite that they would put their hands on. And they would, with through vibration and frequency, would be able to just somehow heal these people. And through all, again, through frequency and vibration. So it feels abstract to us to look at it now. But as we both know, with all the new science coming out, it is just verifying that this is a hugely, uh, massively important form of therapy and, and also just science and technology that we can be tapping into.
0: Absolutely. Tell me more about Ancient Mysteries. You have a project on the in the works.
1: Yes. Uh, ancient Mysteries on Earth is a, is a really uh, important passion project of mine that I've wanted to be uh, creating for many, many years. Um, because of my interest in ancient history, it's taken me all around the world. I'm very obsessed with learning more about Who on earth we are what what was our distant you know historical past it seems to be that there's just so much we don't know and the more that we uncover the more of a science fiction fantasy novel it becomes like you know lord of the rings becomes more real every time i look into our distant past or or these you know even even the marvel series like the avengers and things like that you look into the ancient vedic texts and you're like well sounds to me like they're just depicting the same kind of battles as uh, ancient scripture that we're seeing in modern day, you know, comic book, uh, folklore and stuff like that. So ancient mysteries on earth really is a project that I'm launching more or less this winter. That is a research community uh, for people that are looking to learn more of, I guess, the alternative sides of science and history. Um, But it's really about digging into those mysteries and trying to discover more about who we are as a species. But More importantly, how do we integrate all that knowledge, you know, into this day and age, because this knowledge is really fun. It's fascinating. It's interesting. But if we don't know how to integrate it into this present day, then, you know, what's the point, really? And one of the big things I, I see in our distant past is, like we've said, it's there's technology Absolutely, technology that we're rediscovering in and, and just the forms of therapy we have today, like meditation, yoga, these are thousands and thousands of years old, which once again they're just they're just re, being rediscovered and they're coming back into trendiness because they really, really work. And so, you know, with ancient mysteries on earth, I, I like to explore all the anomalies. For example, there's so much construction around the world, like the Great Pyramid of Giza, how on earth was that built? We don't know. People that claim to know those theories have been debunked. We just don't know. We have no idea how these megalithic structures were were formulated, were put together with laser precision accuracy. How on earth did they know where to build these places at these perfect geological and astronomically aligned places? the list of anomalies is endless on this planet and underwater as well. Our oceans, we don't even know what 2% of our oceans. And we're discovering lots of ancient ruins in the oceans as well. Long story short, ancient mysteries on earth is just it's we're, I'm here to provoke uh, ideas to probe, you know, questions into these things because the more you learn about our distant past, the more I find it enlightens you and it gives you a sense of not only a, a much bigger picture of our history, but it really makes us feel it makes us understand that you know things move in cycles and and we really need to um we really need to understand like where we come from in order to bring ourselves into that new place of evolution into the future so i find uh this work with ancient mysteries on earth is really fascinating and it's just uh it's just a big area of passion for me. So there you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thank you. That was amazing. Now, is this a one film or is this a series?
1: So it's, it's a YouTube channel to start with. And it's a series of podcasts right now, which I'm interviewing different scientists on their research into um, these different types of uh, research in history. And I want to have every walk of life on this podcast. And so it's it's basically starting off as that. However, there's going to be... Essentially, the website ancientmysteriesonearth.com will have a whole community that you can actually become a a member of with the monthly membership. You can connect with other scientists, other researchers, other enthusiasts like myself all on this website. Because one of the biggest gifts I was ever given with this obsession of mine was traveling the world, going to places like Egypt, South, South Africa, and yes, getting to experience all this amazing, um, all these amazing sites, but then also it was the people I met along the way. It was the friendships that I, I formed in these crazy places with these really fascinating experiences happening around me. You connect with people on a very deep level when you're in a very niche area of interest, I find. So you know even when we were on that paranormal activity panel it's really cool because it attracted all these like-minded people into this space to be able to talk and discuss and share ideas so for me, with Ancient Mysteries on Earth, yes, the research is really important. Yes, the various videos that I'll be launching on my YouTube channel to help educate people on all this crazy stuff, that's also important. But a big part of it, too, is community. And, and that's what I really found interesting with my research into all this ancient history was there's a lot of other cool, crazy people out there that love this weird you know, stuff just like I do. And uh, why not try to get all these people into the same community, which is what I'm doing with uh, Ancient Mysteries on Earth?
0: That's so incredible! I'm so happy to hear that. So it's a YouTube channel, um, Ancient Mysteries Unearthed. Okay, correct. So we'll get everybody to subscribe and like the channel, and uh, and yeah, looking forward to the website and the community. I think that's really important. I mean, that's the purpose for the podcast too. You know, I want to make the weird not so weird anymore, and I think I think there's a shift going on, and I think it's wonderful, and we're using technology in a good way to connect and i think that's critical at this juncture
1: absolutely it's it's podcasts like this tanya that bring people that much closer to you know pursuing their own questions and you know trying to uh making it really okay to be like look we don't have the answers actually to many many things and that's that's fine because every even when we think something is a fact or something is an absolute it typically isn't, you know, science. We it was an absolute that we were the center of the universe a couple hundred years ago. That's changed. It was an absolute that we were a flat planet um a couple hundred years ago. That's changed, and, and a million other things, right? So I think it's uh very humbling as well and, and important to just keep an open mind and, and it's podcasts like this. That I think I really help and promote that because yeah, it's important to question and it's and it's so much fun to to jump into all these mysteries because life is just fascinating, you know.
0: It is, isn't it? And I think yeah. your I think your podcast, and I'm so excited to hear you announce it. Um, those conversations are going to be something else as well. I mean, the film is one thing, and then the conversations are another. So I'm really looking forward to more of your guests.
1: Well, thanks, Tanya. Absolutely appreciate that. And I'll, I'll let everybody know it's going to be launching this winter. Um, but if you really just want to stay up to date on things, you can find Ancient Mysteries on Earth on YouTube and just subscribe, and that way uh, you'll you'll stay in touch with everything.
0: So let's get to the spiritual connection, because you've been to all these wonderful places, and you've had such um, a curiosity about all things paranormal out of this world, etc. So let's talk about some of your spiritual experiences, because I know you do have some.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you don't get interested in this stuff, I think, unless you've had something, something that happens to you doesn't have to be dramatic, but it's just something that lingers and you're like, okay, why did that happen? What was that that happened? And it obviously, it it throws you for a loop because science and the current paradigm that society is in says that's not real. That's not, you know, that's not real. That doesn't exist. That's impossible. Yet it happened. (laughs) So for example, um, when I was in my Early twenties, I had uh, two very, um, very influential out of body experiences, both on psychedelic psilocybin mushrooms, Um, and I can absolutely say with a thousand percent, you know, clarity that they were not hallucinations; they were experiences. Um, But that's really me. Like everyone knows when something is real, and no matter what other people are going to say, like you know when something's real. And so, I had uh, my first experience was with my uh, childhood best friend. And we were um, on a a solid dose of (laughs) psilocybin mushrooms. And uh, at first I was realizing that I was talking to him without moving my mouth or saying anything out loud, which was really mind blowing because he would on the iPod, we had an iPod to play music and I would just, these are the most like basic thoughts. Right. But I would just be thinking like, Hmm. How about we play, uh, let's play some, uh, maybe some Led Zeppelin or some Pink Floyd. Can we put on some Pink Floyd? And this was all in my head. And and then I would just look at my friend and he's already on the iPad or iPod and he's scrolling through and he's like, yeah, I'll just, and he said out loud, like, yeah, I'll try to find some Pink Pink Floyd. And it would just be this weird back and forth where like the telepathic thought was sent, but then one of us would respond verbally. And it was because we, we were so integrated at that point that we didn't even think of it. It wasn't a thought. It wasn't like, I'm trying to be telepathic right now. It was just happening. It wasn't, um, there was no intention of this. It just happened. And then later on in that experience, I ended up at one point, just kind of popping out of my body very, very viscerally. And I remember hovering about four to five feet above myself, looking down at my body that my body was still doing things too. It was still like functioning yet. Every part of me, the self, like what I would consider me was hovering above my physical body, observing, retaining all the information. I remember it. So where's that? What what does that mean? If I can remember something when I'm out of my body, that means my brain wasn't retaining that information because I wasn't in my body. So you know, I came back in, and by the way, like, you know, it wasn't a scary sen- sensation at all. It was um, anything but terrifying. It was actually so normal that I didn't even notice it in that moment that I was out of body. It was more like, oh, cool. I'm out of body. Like as if it's a normal Tuesday afternoon, you know? And so I, when I came back into my body, I was just, I, I, I was just so curious as to like what in the hell happened like what was that like how did that happen what does that mean is consciousness then non-local like some people have been you know thinking and uh, proposing but you know we're still told that consciousness is in it's created in the brain and it stays in the brain but for me at a young age to have an experience where i'm like well clearly that's not the case because i experienced something very different so that really started me down that path of like okay obviously we don't understand everything. And I need, I'm the kind of person, like I like to understand things. So now I need to start to research, like what happened to me? What is, what does an out of body experience really, really mean? And it, and it does bring you into these, these, it brings you into a place of spirituality because you start to understand that the non-physical reality um, that spirituality does its best to, you know, explain or, or give some sort of guidance towards is, is so much a big part of our existence, not just the physical third dimensional reality, but these other dimensional non-physical realities and through meditation, through yoga and through other things that I've done that weren't psychedelics. um, I've also been able to experience these non-physical dimensions and realities and um for example even meditating in sacred sites can also induce these similar out of body experiences i had a very profound meditation experience in south africa in an ancient stone circle ruin every one of us who went in there had an experience and we were all crying at the end of it all had very individual epiphanies but this sacred site like it activated something in all of us and so that was another example of a non psychedelic um psychedelic experience basically. And so when I experience these things like it just further's my interest in the paranormal in into spirituality and spirituality is just basically understanding like wh- who am I? What's my mission? What's my purpose? And and what is this you know we're all clearly connected like spirituality is also an understanding of of universal connection. It's an understanding of the non-material and it's and it's basically it's a pursuit of really understanding yourself because you are everything everything is you we're all connected to that same source of creation so you really start to feel not only Satisfied in the knowledge of understanding more of this, all these ambiguous thoughts of of again, like what is spirituality? Well, that pursuit of spirituality really brings a lot of comfort and a lot of understanding of of you know certainly not everything, but at the very least that we are you know eternal souls habiting these physical vessels for this particular lifetime. Um, and when I had my first out of body experience, I'll tell you this too, as kind of my last thought here is like. You're, my fear of death obliterated. I have no fear of death anymore. I, I, I can't because <laughs> I know it's not the end. If I was able to go out of my body and be completely disconnected and be every part still me, then I know that when the physical vessel dies, that is death. Sure. The physical body can die, it can decompose, it's biological, it, it, it is in the third dimensional reality, which is, uh, con- has a constraint to time and space. So that will pass on. But my soul is eternal. I know that. Like, I just know that just like I know when I breathe, that's probably a good thing that oxygen's coming into me. It's a fundamental. It's just a fundamental now. So um, I find these experiences extremely important and, and so, so comforting as crazy as they can be. They ultimately bring me closer to just who I am.
0: That's so beautiful. And you know, I'm all about having a direct experience and coming to those conclusions as a result of that. And the other thing you said was it felt normal being out of your body, the normalization of these experiences, that, that was the two things that um, came uh, made an impression on me. It's normal and it's personal, right? So you had mm-hmm. some personal experiences, personal epiphanies, as well as you just got the sense that this is an absolutely normal state of being. There's nothing weird, woo-woo, or anything about it. It's just, it just is.
1: The weirdest thing about all of it is how we actually view our reality. And when I come back from these experiences, I look at the world around me. I'm like, this is weird. (laughs) (laughs) This is the weird stuff. Like the way that we live, thinking that death is the end, the way that we we live feeling disconnected from everyone, like this illusion that separation is is real, which is it's, it isn't everything, literally everything is connected. And so I look at how we still kind of view and operate in our in our life. And like now that's that looks to me kind of crazy personally.
0: I love that view. I think that's a great perspective to share. So yeah. what, what was your epiphany?
1: Which time, <laughs> like
0: when when you were in South Africa? Did you, you said everybody had an epiphany mm, or some kind of experience? Yes. What was yours? So that was at
1: a time. Mine was uh, this was in 2018, and my epiphany at the time I was working in more in the corporate world, I had a really um, successful. Uh, industrial commercial real estate video company. And it was really interesting. It was really cool work. I was, you know, at my peak of success as an entrepreneur. However, it was not in alignment with my soul. And it wasn't the work I know I was meant to be doing uh, as much as it was really cool and interesting. Um, so I was about two years into that business when I was in this meditation. And the meditation basically, I kind of heard a voice that wasn't mine. And I saw at the same time, these like almost like icons or images flooding towards me. And these were images of music, music, film, film, music, film, music, and like just all the creative things that I love to do, Um, adventuring around the world, exploring ancient sites, just like I was in that moment, things like that, things that fill up my soul, like to such a degree where I'm just utterly joyful. And it was showing me these things, showing me these things, and then contrasting it with what are you doing currently, not currently, because I was obviously living my passion in that moment. But what are you what are you doing with your day to day life, working in this corporate environment, that is not fulfilling you and is certainly not what you're supposed to be doing here. And so I basically got this message, like message that, you know, you gotta, you gotta get your life back on track. And in terms of, yeah, you're making money, yeah, you're successful on a very third dimensional materialistic level. However, you know, you're not happy, you know, you're stressed. And I was very, very stressed. I had a hard time sleeping. Like it was just, it was really bad for my health, this whole business. And so the universe in that moment was uh, very vocal with me and very clear and told me like, you got to get out, buddy. So interestingly enough, after that trip, I remember as my plane landed back in Toronto, my, I turned my phone back off airplane mode and I get a text message from my, 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 my top client at the time. And basically they were freaking out over um, a situation where all of a sudden like we were being dragged into a lawsuit and there was like millions of dollars at stake and all this craziness was just like exploding around me. And it was just another, again, an example of like this reality that I was thinking was the best thing for me was crumbling. It was just crumbling because the universe is like, get out. Of this. So that meditation experience I had gave me the courage and the, I think the fuel to get me through those couple of months of just getting out of that lawsuit, which we successfully did. It was no problem. Um, it certainly was at the time, but looking back, like it was whatever we got through it. It was all good. And I learned a lot of important things through that, but that strength from the meditation kept me, kept the resolve for me to a couple of months later, then speak with my business partner at the time and be like, I, I got to get out of this. And I did, and I've never looked back. I wouldn't be at West if it wasn't for that. I wouldn't be pursuing music the way I am. I wouldn't be doing ancient mysteries on earth, you know? So these experiences are so important because you start to look back after a couple of years after having had them and you're like, Wow what a butterfly effect there, you know? So that was, that was the epiphany with that experience.
0: Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) Now you're working your dream. You're living the dream. You're doing what you're meant to do.
1: Yeah. And it doesn't come without, you know, challenge and struggle, like anything in life, but you know, that's what I've realized is you're always going to have challenges because life is basically a video game. You know, it's like, I I always liken it to a video game because it really feels like it sometimes. Um, It's, it's a game and it's what game is fun without challenge. You know, if you beat the level or beat the game right off the bat, that's boring. You know, like who wants to play that kind of a game? So challenges, obstacles, ups and downs. I mean, those are just a part of being human and living in this this existence. And, and it's it's great. So I still go through those things. But man, when you're living your passion, and you're doing these things that really fill up your cup and, and make you feel very satiated on a spiritual level, and, and on every level, going through those things is just so much more um, fruitful, and beneficial and enjoyable than it is to still go through those challenges and doing it, with something you don't even care about or something right. that you actually hate for that matter. Sure. You know, I, I remember, what was it Jim Carrey, I think, said that um, the biggest thing he learned from his father, because his father was an amazing musician, but when the kids got a little older, he was just like, I can't afford to keep this going. I'm going to become an accountant. And you know what, just think of the, the the most financially safe thing I could possibly do. So he became an accountant. He was miserable. And then I think he passed when, you know, they were still like young kids or something. And Jim Carrey always remembered. He's like, so, oh, no, I remember what it was. The the father got let go from his job as an accountant and still ended up with basically nothing. So Jim Carrey realized it was like, well, I can fail at something I love and that's that. Or I can fail at something I hate. And no matter what, it's like, you're going to have your ups and your downs. You may as well do the thing that lights you up, you know, do that passion. The thing that really feel you feel that pull to do in this life. And that's going to be an an array of things. It's usually not just one thing. And so that's really something I've kept going is just like, look, I got to make sure that what I'm doing and the people I'm interacting with are, you know, awesome humans like yourself, Tanya, and all these amazing people that I'm connecting with these days, like, I'm, I'm meeting the most spectacular people purely because of the life I'm now living. And so I'll, everyone I meet is purely a reflection of where I'm at now, which is the best thing ever.
0: Well, I, I concur because I'm doing the mm-hmm. same thing. I'm on that same path connecting with really wonderful people such as yourself as well. And And yeah, it's a great feeling to live in that alignment.
1: It is, and do you notice how um, really amazing opportunities and 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 things that you could have never even planned for or never even anticipated to be so awesome come into your life because of that? Definitely. Do you find?
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Five years ago, I never would have thought ever that I'd be doing this and all the other things that are, you know, opportunities coming my way. So.
1: Yeah. Right there with you. <laughs>
0: yeah. Where can we find you? What's your website?
1: Um, I do a lot of things, as you've heard. So really, what I've done recently is I've tried to make it a lot easier for people to just connect on all the fronts. So if you want to connect with anything I'm doing with film, anything I'm doing with music or ancient mysteries on earth, which is obviously there's lots going on in all those realms, easiest thing to do is just go to my personal website, which is chrisnoble.ca um everything's going to be on there i'll be updating that and there's also a way to connect with my patreon account um which is a monthly membership people can support the work i do and then get a lot of free uh, extra stuff and uh, opportunities to connect with me on a different level so chrisnoble.ca is just the easiest if you want to connect with me on social uh chrisnoble88 is typically my handle on uh, instagram and tiktok so it's pretty simple
0: that's amazing I encourage everyone to check all of your workout and your social media handles, and um, we're looking forward to everything you're going to bring to us.
1: Well, thanks so much, Tanya, and it was such a pleasure to be on your show. Thanks again for having me. I, as you know, I love this stuff. I could go on for hours, so uh, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much.
0: Well, this is only the start. We'll have you back for sure.
1: Okay, sounds good to me. <laughs> me too. <laughs> twist, twist my arm.
0: I know, right? <laughs> thanks, Chris. <laughs> my pleasure. Thanks for listening to Life Continuing. A special thanks to Chris Noble. For more on Chris, please visit chrisnoble.ca. The advisor to the show is Amanda Capito. The music for this podcast was composed by Richard Farron. I'm your host, Tanya Berg. Make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts and follow on Instagram at Life Continuing Podcast. And also check out wellnesscontinuing.com for spiritual tools and resources to elevate your heart-mind. And be sure to join me next time, where we'll continue this conversation about life continuing.